0: Hello and welcome to Somos Padres,
1: a podcast dedicated to the constant development of our parenting and ourselves.
0: We are your hosts, Paulo and Yesenia. Thanks for joining us as we share our parenting experiences rooted within the context of our own life journey.
1: In that spirit, we will also be sharing parenting information and the stories of madres and padres out there
0: who have embraced their own personal evolution as the greatest gift of parenthood. Here we go. Guys, welcome. Welcome to episode 34 of Somos Padres. Welcome back. We are super psyched about this week's episode because we have been waiting to have this couple on our show. They are very near and dear to our hearts. They are our compadres, Mimi and Junior. And I mean, guys, this is this is gonna be super special. You're going to love them and you're just, they just have so much wisdom to share. I'm just, I'm so psyched about this episode and I don't want to do a lot of talking right now. I honestly, I think what's important for you to know is that this is an amazing couple. They've been married for 17 years. They have three kids together. They've actually been together 21 years, high school sweethearts,
2: and they actually describe their household as a chaotic mix of humor, hugs, and hustle. And I swear to you, we could just call that, you know, um, we could just call the episode that. Uh, Seriously, humor, hugs, and hustle. Uh, Because I think that really, really encapsulates what this family is all about. And you know what? I'm going to stop talking because they're going to tell you a whole lot about themselves. I don't want to give away too much, to be honest, because... I mean, I'm just gonna let the episode speak for itself and the couple speak for themselves, and I will meet you on the other side, okay? Talk to you soon. Let's go.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to Somos Padres. Welcome, everyone. We are here, we are in the home. Of Junior and Mimi Magaña, <laughs> my um, lovely compadres, our lovely compadres, oh, lovely yeah. um, who we are so happy to be with. This is like we've been wanting you guys on the podcast forever, okay. but we are separated by 400 miles. Okay. So yeah, yeah, muscle menos. So um, it, it took a while for this this podcast to come to fruition, mm-hmm. but everything happens in divine order, exactly in the moment in which it is supposed to happen. So clearly, this was the moment that this had to happen. So we are excited to welcome you guys onto our podcast.
1: As we are. And we're excited to be here. We're I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, no, thank you guys. Excited Seriously excited, guys. excited thank, about thank this. Thank you
0: guys so much for um, having us in your home and for, and for doing this. So we're just going to get right into it mm-hmm. and have <clears> you guys kind of introduce and talk about yourselves to talk about, you know, how long have you guys married and all the good uh, info that you think people need to know to give people a context of who you are. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you could talk about a little bit about how you were raised, also to give people a context Mm -hmm. um, of your lives, the background of your lives. Mm -hmm. So whoever wants to get started,
3: all right, well, uh, we've been together since 1997. We got together September
1: first. She's Mimi. I'm junior, by the way. <laughs> yes. Clear uh, it up. Clear it
4: So up. we've been together since
3: <laughs> September first, 1997. Uh, we fell in love over eleven secret herbs and spices at the KFC. <laughs> mm, yep. We were kind of high school sweethearts in a way. Um, I was taking off to go to Davis, and he was the, finishing up a year of high school. And you know, the universe conspired to make us fall in love that summer. And and it's it's kind of been our story ever since. And we got married four years later, September 1st, 2001. Mm-hmm. So we've been married 17 years now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's it, a it's, long run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're sticking through it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have three kids together. Mm-hmm. So we have our oldest is Moose, who's 15 years old. That's his real not mean- his name. His name is not really <laughs> Moose. He's, just, he's a big kid. Yeah. A but really Moose is his kid. nickname. Uh, he's 15. He's in high school. And then our second is Javier, who's, you know, your godchild, Javier. He's 11. Uh, he's in sixth grade. And then Maricruz is our little one. She's eight years old in second our grade. Our
1: unicorn princess. She's
3: the Aww. unicorn princess. Yes, yeah, she is. And so so that's our family. That's what we have. And we also have two dogs, Marco Polo y Sofia.
1: <laughs> the children, as I like yeah, to call them. The Aww.
3: children. And uh, anything else you want to add, friend? What else do you want no,
1: to share No, I think about you, us? You, you touched on it pretty good. I mean... Yeah, 17 years together, uh, ups and downs, but it's been a hell of a ride. And yeah. yeah it's, it's been great, yeah.
3: You're a high school teacher, Mimi? Yes, I teach high school. I teach Spanish at my alma mater, Linders like, High School. Just woot. like Paula.
4: Mm-hmm. Spanish like teachers
0: like in the house. I love
3: just it.
4: Teachers. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's a big part of my life, definitely. A big part of my identity,
1: being a teacher.
3: Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty
0: much us so um
1: the short version yeah the yeah in the, the nutshell version yeah mm,
0: and how were you raised what do you want to share
3: about that how were we raised well i think i i think if i had to if i had to explain how i was raised especially now that i'm a parent myself and i'm very i'm very i think a lot i'm very, I'm very reflective about how i parent i know and i'm fully conscious of how much I was raised through fear definitely mm-hmm. a lot of love i had affection i was always safe but i if i can remember something i just can always remember being scared
1: mm-hmm. as a
3: child like like i had to be scared of strangers i had to be scared that someone would come take me i had to be scared that someone would take candy give me candy or or that that you know, and then later when I got older, I had to be scared of guys and of you know las malas amistades, and <laughs> and yes. then you know, and it was it was just a lot of fear, and and I and I'm really conscious of it because I recognize, I can recognize when I'm jumping into the fear, uh-huh. and luckily he is not that way, and he wasn't raised that way, mm-hmm. so he he relaxes me a lot. Like when mm-hmm. I think, oh, what if this happens, blah, blah blah. I think er, in the earlier years, he was like, why do you have to think that way? That's not going to happen. You always have to think the worst. But in my mind, I'm just like,
4: Ugh.
3: think of everything that could go wrong. That's yeah. because I was just programmed to be that aware of everything. Right. So it's it's a it's a habit that dies hard. But but anyway. and definitely very strict parents, very strict. You know, I mean, we were, you know, our dating was very, our courtship was very, very traditional, you know, like talk outside and you
1: know front yard i'm front the tailgate yard. of the truck Co- yeah just sitting there a couple hours 30 40 minutes um, yeah. 30 more 40 minutes if had come on over. a sunday afternoon that's it yeah.
3: yeah. wow. yeah. yeah. and it was and it was definitely something that i i felt a lot of i don't want to say guilt but i felt like <sighs> i'm getting emotional <laughs> Mother of Pearl. It's okay. <laughs> it's, Anywho, but I did feel like, why is this guy putting up with all this? Because it was it was a lot. And and I was definitely raised to believe that I deserve the best. For mm. sure. For sure. There was, I mean, my parents showed me in every single way. They worked their butts off. They gave us the best they could. And in one way or another, they just always taught us that we deserve the best. So I think that's why the universe let me come into this man who, like, was willing to go through all that sacrifice. But it was kind of like, you know that song de Juan Gabriel, No Vale La Pena? <laughs> you know that song. Yes, oh my God. everybody knows the song. Every time I hear that song, I think of like, damn, this is like, this is the love song. This guy should be singing to me. Like, it's not worth it. Like, I get to see you once a week, and then all of a sudden I had to go, and then you leave to school, and then I don't, you know? So it was this, it was a very big, um, I guess, commitment that he made in starting to date me because it was like it was all these, I can't wait
0: to hear you talking all it.
3: these <laughs> barriers that it was like,
1: damn, me. like but, but for like me it wasn't a commitment it was this, there's this girl that I'm completely in love with it was never a commitment that was just the, the, the process the due diligence you know once you get through this <laughs> the end there's always at the end of the day there's 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 her and there's us and I knew like I knew that no matter what happens these once a weekend, it sucked, whatever. But mm-hmm. I knew like I knew that we had the rest of our lives. So it wasn't much of a, well, this sucks. It was like, be patient, you know. So Your life's going to happen So, So you were looking forward for, to see my grandmother? Yeah, it was, it was Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. I think Sunday is before other. she went back to Davis. It was Davis.
3: Saturday or Sunday. But it was once a week. It was once a week. I, I, I drive know. up there
1: and then to me, it was like, hey, you know what? It made the week worth it. Monday, enough. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know what, yeah, it's that much to closer to, to Sunday. That much yeah. cool. And call it cheesy, whatever, but I knew, like I knew, like I knew I was going to marry her and we're going to be together the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out pretty good. So for me, it wasn't, it was never a commitment and it still mm-hmm. isn't. It's just, it's it's natural progression of, of life with mm-hmm. this person that I'm crazy about.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What do you want to share about how you were raised, Mr. Uh,
1: I, I I just want to say I was raised by the two best parents in the world, um, just like any typical Mexican um, parents born in mexico they they came down here to to hopefully give us a better future. We were all born here, um, picking peaches that that's all I knew was was hard work. My dad got up in the morning, my mom got up in the morning to to go out into the fields and the, i I want to say by the age seven, eight, nine, something like that we were out there picking peaches too mm-hmm. Um, and you know, from the outside looking in, you, you people would think like, well, that's, that's pretty rough. But you know, that was, like I said earlier, it's, it's progression. That's mm-hmm. life as you knew it as a kid, you know, you get up, you, you work. And so that's how I was raised. I mean, there was never a lot of communication, not like, you know, well, there's not like I was talking about earlier. It's just not a lot of talking. You just, you got up, <laughs> you, you just you went on with your life and you grinded and, and, you know, later on in life, I, I, you know, the term grit, you just, we're just born with grit. You're mm-hmm. just born, you do what you have to do. And then, um, so I'm thankful for that. I really, you know, even though as a kid, I never heard it or said it to our parents, it's just, it's the greatest upbringing in the world to be born rock bottom, picking peaches, because you can only go up from there. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very fortunate for my past. It really is just, I can't. And it sucked at the moment. At the key, you don't understand it. You're like you know oh it itches the, the the peach was itches and you have to shower and you have to get up five six in the morning and it's still dark but it it, it is what it is you know you, you did it and you, you complain and it sucked and you went to school and but at the end of the day it made me who i am and i'm, I'm thankful for it mm-hmm. and then uh so yeah and then uh two two of the best parents um and then at 17 i lost my mom to um diabetes and then um my dad remarried the second greatest woman in the world, third, sorry, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> my, my, my mom, my wife, and then, and then, uh, then you took us, I like to call her, and then uh, I've just been really fortunate to, to live the life that I have, you know, after my mom passed away, my dad took the, the role of the single parent and raised, there was five of us, and um, it was just incredible, I, and again, at that, at that age, I was 17 when it happened, you don't really... Think, as your parent, as, you know, what does he have to do now? You think you're, you're selfish. You're like, okay, what's going to happen now? But now that I'm older, it's like, shit, he did all this. I mean, give my sister a quinceañera. I mean, help me buy a car. It's like, he did all this on his own, picking peaches. I mean, yeah. probably making 25 grand a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's how I was brought up. It was like my parents and then Socorro, my dad's mm-hmm. new wife, some of the greatest people in the world so i'm mm-hmm. very freaking fortunate I, lo- yeah. I love my upbringing and as a kid i wish i would appreciate it because I, I was a bit ashamed as a kid you know
4: yeah, yeah. As a kid
1: you don't. Know, oh i pick peaches in the summer you don't want to say that to anybody right right but now i say it with so much pride man yeah it made me who i am it's just, I, I know grit because i'm my old mm-hmm. man and yeah. to this day i was talking to paulo is like and we'll both say it. I'm pretty sure you will. We, we have the greatest dad in the world. I'm sure mm-hmm. he thinks it. Mm-hmm. You think it. I'm sure Mimi thinks it. So yeah, definitely, it's yeah. just, mm-hmm. it, it molded me. And I, I love it. I love my upbringing. I love that I was poor. Mm-hmm. I love that I had nothing. I love that we didn't have Christmas till I was 15, 16. Yep, it's, that's it's, 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 yeah, that's right. It's, it's <laughs> badass. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if nobody has like noticed it, I think um, the way that you talk about your life mm-hmm. is certainly different. You know, and I think that's what I most admire about about you guys Mm -hmm. is how much you embrace your life. You're Um, not here sitting wallowing in what was you're like, man, now I look back and that was the greatest, Mm -hmm. you know, and you really, Mm -hmm. um, really just I don't know, Mm -hmm. just turned it into your stepping stone upon which you just like fly up.
1: You know, my, my dad recently told me a story. I never heard it uh summer, sometime this summer, he told me, uh, long I, I don't know the nitty gritty of it, but he said at one point he was here, and it was just him and my mom, and then uh, one of them got deported, and then uh, so he ended up with just twenty five cents in his in his pocket, oh my, God. to his name. That's uh, they were in the fields picking. Anyways, they took everything, but he had a quarter in, in his pocket. So I'm, uh, and I, so I like to say, you know. I was, I was raised by an immigrant with 25 cents in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't trade that for being raised by a king any mm-hmm. any time of the year, never. Because it's just, I would rather be raised by the man that I was raised by than, than any king in the world. Because it made what, me.
0: Did you always think this way though? No. <laughs> so what no, was No,
1: <laughs> I was ashamed as a kid, I was ashamed. I hated mm-hmm. my life as a kid. It, it, it takes it takes progression in life to to realize that
0: what did it what did it what did it what changed you That's
1: or a good what question. began
0: mm-hmm. like where do you pinpoint the beginning of that change
4: for you
1: honestly the the beginning of that is i think when i had my kids mm-hmm. it, i i think like i told paulo is i one i heard uh, something once is you don't know how to appreciate your parents till you become a parent yourself and mm-hmm. I heard that and I was already a parent when I heard that and it resonated. It's like, you know, that's so much truth. So when I became a parent, I mean, we were dead broke too. I mean, Mm. without going into too much detail, I mean, dead up to our neck, rough times, rough times. And I thought to myself, why in the heck did we bring this kid into the world (laughs) when we're just dead broke and just miserable and making ends meet? So I I think moments like that, it made me really appreciate that Shit, my dad had moments like this, but magnified. I mean, tenfold, like a yeah. hundred times just mm-hmm. the worst. Okay. And he got through it.
4: Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting
1: here struggling because I stupid car payment. I mean, oh, he yeah. had to feed five kids on his own.
4: Yeah. And
1: I'm, yeah. I got a job. I got everything. I got insurance. And so I, it's just moments like that, you know, moments like that, the mistakes that I've made, realizing that they were were a fraction of, of the crap my dad had to go through. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff like that made me mm-hmm. realize it's not so bad. Your dad's been through worse. He's, he's a badass man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can get through it.
1: Yeah, if he did all that, if he came, crossed the border, got, got deported. I remember as a kid, I was still in South California somewhere. And um, he, I don't know what it was, but we were sitting there playing cards with my brother and immigration came to the house and... They, they, they took him away, and to me it was like, nope, no nope. it was so normal. It's, it's like, well, really? they, he'll be back in two or three days. I don't think I've ever told you this, huh? No. I was like, he'll be back in two or three days, it's no big deal.
3: You were just used to it. it was, I was just
1: so used to it, because it was an in Indio, California.
4: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's just stuff like that, you know, as a kid, you don't appreciate it, but then when you're older, you, 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 you pair your problems with that, and it's not even remotely close. Yeah. So it's stuff like that made me appreciate it. Just going through my own yeah. issues and, and trials and tribulations, that made me realize that the stuff that I go through, he's been through 100 times worse. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, you guys just, you, or you just mentioned how, you know, in the beginning you guys got married. You were very young. Mm-hmm. How old were you guys when yeah, you got married? We were 21. 21. We were
3: 21, and we were, neither of us had our colleagues agreed done. We didn't have a plan. I yeah. always say we had a whole lot of faith and a whole lot of love. That was pretty much
1: it. That's pretty much what it takes to get through life, faith mm-hmm. and love. And,
3: and if I can be really honest, it was just, we just wanted to be together. It was like.
1: The, this goes back to just being together once, see. an hour and a half on the weekend. So we just yeah, wanted like, to oh, just. Yeah, we are like, oh man, we just like, need to get see. married. Yeah. yeah.
3: It was like, we want to be together, like the only way. And, and it was just they, like, you know, you see other couples and you envy that. You can go out. You can go to a dance. You can go to watch a movie, and it was this whole thing. I mean, even go to going to prom was like this huge thing, and it's. I mean, I think maybe we could have, we would have postponed it, and waited longer, but but we couldn't. There was no other way to spend time together, but that. But in retrospect, going back to the the you know what you learn from that kind of courtship. We both have tons of letters because we wrote letters to each other, Aww. and we just talked on the phone for two hours every night. And we, and we just really got to know each other on a totally different level that I think just makes you, it really th- deepens your relationship and it gives you a really good foundation. And we even, did that,
1: sorry we did that for about four years, right? See, yeah, just and writing he, letters every day and yeah. talking on the phone every day. We'd write a letter yeah. every just, day, and I think that that really built what we have today yeah just mm. really I really got to know each other I mean I remember writing letters in tears I mean when my mom passed away mm. I would write a letter and just tell her how I missed my mom and it was just mm-hmm. a way of me to vent mm-hmm. and I think if we would have been together more it wouldn't have been as easy for me to vent yeah, yeah. as it is to put a piece of paper and send it yeah. off
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah well and I think even now like when I come home like I'm telling, I'm on my way home or he tells me he's on his way home. And it's this feeling of, Oh, even if it's just like 10 minutes, like if he gets home, like I want to be in the same room as him. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's this feeling of just appreciating. And even when we have arguments, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, can we be friends again? Cause I think like, We can get mad at each other for 30 minutes. That's 30 (laughs) minutes I'm not going to be able to be with you. One day we're going to die and we're not going to have this time together. You know, like, it's just, it just really puts everything into perspective. And I really believe it's because of the courtship we had. That it's like, I mean, I hear couples are like, we won't talk for days. Like, I can't do that. Like, no, like, we could, we could only talk for an hour and then that was it. And then it was like on the phone and then this, you know, it's just...
0: Anywho, so you appreciate it now so much. I do now, yeah, it, I, it, and it's, it's
1: lasted. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's lasted quite <laughs> yeah. a while. Mm-hmm. But, but but it they, they did make you those those times did make us. May does make they do make me appreciate what I have now. Mm-hmm. Even if it was that long ago, and it's just, it may sound ridiculous, but those, those those forty minutes or whatever it was an hour. They they still sting a little bit, you yeah. know. It's like it's it still stings. So every time. Every minute that I'm with her is like it's it's it, it's gotta be worth it. And then how she said <laughs> it's right now, the cutest. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I'm not trying to be. I'm really absolutely not trying to be like that. But um, no, this is how like she hard. said, um, can we be friends now? That's like a kind of a. a
4: it's going like on our mantra. Set.
1: It's our mantra. It's like, can we <laughs> I be friends now? Yes, like every I know. argument is like, okay, let's be friends again. And, <laughs> yes. And, and it's it's carried on. I think because of that, and we've oh, been yeah. best friends forever. More than half my life.
0: I mean, I have to say, like even when we were in college mm-hmm. i mean you would call him boyfriend but even after yeah. you guys got married you still kept yes. calling him boyfriend, still cost, yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. yeah he
1: still yeah me,
3: well, and exactly because, and so much of it is well and part of it was also because when we got married i was still in college so it'd be like all of a sudden you have to graduate to husband it's like Ugh. and then it's like oh you're married blah, blah. and it's like this weird almost explanation like you're so young and you're married but also because i i always felt that husband had this connotation of taking someone for granted Mm-hmm. And that, and he never does that. Like, he's still very much boyfriend. Like, he's still, like, thoughtful mm. and flirty and just these things that, like, he doesn't take me for granted. And he doesn't take our time together for granted. And I think, you know, I think sometimes it, ca- it can be like, you know, you, you stop working for it. And yeah. he, he, does, he doesn't stop working for it. It's yeah. not like, and it's not this pretentious thing because we were... Because when we first started talking, it wasn't like, hey, what's up with you? Like, it wasn't. We just kind of started talking organically. And I always thought he was really cute. But I never thought he would be attracted to me because I just saw him as this very cute guy. And I just. Way too social, too. (laughs) (laughs) He was super quiet. So, but anywho, but, but I never saw him like that. But once I got to know him, and I'll never forget this. This is like my law of attraction, like. Probably the first story ever. But I remember the moment that I was like, man, that Gansu is such a cool guy. Like, I hope I find someone like him to marry. Swear to God. I remember <laughs> the moment I thought it because I was cleaning out the oven, the rotisserie oven. <laughs> I was like, that guy's such a cool guy. I hope I find someone like him to marry. Y en mi mente, you know, I just thought like, oh, I'll find someone one day. Like, I yeah. wasn't looking for love. I was yeah. look- I was just ready to At go KFC. to college. And, you know, but, but I didn't know it was him. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was going to be him, but it worked out great because we got to know each other without the, you know, without any kind of like covering up or pretending to be this or that.
0: It was just mm-hmm. like this organic friendship that developed into this. Did you guys um, ever get into ruts in your marriage that you guys had to just kind of get out of? Or did you guys just always?
1: No, I, the only rut so really sailing. was like when Moose was born, the only rut was financial rut. Yeah, but no, I, I, I thought we've had it pretty good, to be honest yeah. with you. There's, mm-hmm. People say ups and downs. I don't think we've had a whole lot of ups. I, I'm pretty lucky. I lucked out. I tell people I way overmarried, so I, <laughs> and I and she gets mad that I say that. But I no, I really, really do. I think um, <laughs> there's no ups and downs. There's no moment. There was one time when um you know this is gonna reveal way too much when Gears of War first came out. I did get on there. <laughs> I, I did. I did go I into really and, I, and I did up. play for about two or three that weeks straight. And I had that. And then she didn't talk that. to me for those few weeks, and I didn't realize I was doing that. <laughs> Other than that, no, it's just. I played, it
3: wasn't a few
1: weeks. It was a while. Maybe a week. It was a while, and then then you know. I wrote a letter. The, she wrote a letter. I wrote. I just. Letters. I just really got into the game. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, I was a gamer, and then. Uh, <laughs> That so yeah that's that about the only time that I remember that it was really like what, what the hell's going yeah. on with our marriage yeah. she's not talking to me yeah. mm-hmm. she's depressed. but it took a while to figure it, it out it took me a while to figure it out which I, was
3: big because he's very very intuitive so it was big for him to yeah. not figure that out. it's like fool you can't tell I'm not talking to you <laughs> 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 yeah, like, I am it. the center of your universe. Yeah. I am your remember, queen. And I remember that was the, what the letter said. It was like, I completely understand that there's husbands like this. I've heard. People <laughs> have, have heard told me, this is how husbands are. But you have kept me at a certain standard this is the way it's going to gonna be, it's going to take a while for me to be okay with this. <laughs> but it was, it was bad. And it's funny because he still refers to that game as the game that almost ruined our marriage. I still refer to that and I still <laughs> play it. That was probably probably the closest thing to that. But
1: that's, yeah, that's about, yeah. it's sad to say. That's about the only rut we've had yeah. um, other than the you know, yeah. we got married maybe too young. And, yeah. and then we were of, just
3: like, you know, ah, let's have, have money. Let's have fun. Blah, blah, blah. Credit we don't have here. money. Put card there, there. And then other than that no that cut pretty it. lucky yeah and then it's like okay let's be grown-ups let's figure this out and then we're but still trying both, to figure it out yeah <laughs> yeah and we and we you know said okay we're gonna do this on our own and let's figure it out but it was always teamwork like let's get together and I don't think there was a lot of that of I don't know ruts no but definitely ups and downs in terms of challenges like that and then you know you have a kid and you have another kid and another kid so it's The routine of it all is challenging, but its I wouldn't call it a rut. It's just stages, different stages Mm -hmm. that you just have to evolve and be different because of the needs that are there at that moment.
0: But you guys were always like a lot of communication and... I'm and not. Like I'm that? not
1: good at communication. No, I was not. I'm getting better now. I think. Yeah, not better. But I was um, always no. I'm, I was horrible at communication. So mm-hmm. I would shut down mm-hmm. when when things aren't real tough and mm-hmm. not not talk and keep mm-hmm. it to myself.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: But no, we weren't always communicated like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just in the last couple of years with, with everything that you know, me changing and all that stuff, mm-hmm. we I've, I've gotten better. Okay. But yeah. no. Yeah.
0: Well, I think this is a really great spot to take a little break. And when we come back, I want to jump off with this change that you just alluded to. And we're going to get into it. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I hope that you have been enjoying this episode so far with Mimi and Junior they are just dropping gems left and right. And, I mean, their love story is incredible. And the way that they have just continued to, I don't know, just um, cement the relationship in really easy ways that sometimes we forget about, right? And, And can I just say, Junior is just so inspiring, my compadre, in the way that he just really embraces his upbringing and his story. I mean, guys, they're amazing. So we are about to get into Junior's personal transformation story. But before then, I wanted to take a moment to just say, if you haven't left us a review
2: or rated us on iTunes, or on any of the platforms where you are listening to us we are now on spotify wherever you listen to us if you can leave us a review or rate us that would be fantastic it helps with the algorithms it helps so that more people find us we would super appreciate it and without any more comment let's get into the second part of this interview catch you on the other side of that let's do it
0: ready one two three all right, we're back guys. We're back to the continue this conversation with um, Mimi and Junior.
1: We're to the second Our half. Welcome
0: second half. Mm-hmm. Let's go, let's get right to it. Yeah, so man. people um, may or may not know, but you are a bodybuilder, Mr. Junior Magana. And I think yep. that that is the change that you were alluding to in the first half, <laughs> at the end of the first half. All of a sudden yeah. you went through a transformation.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, even to, to, to Mimi.
0: What? I, um,
1: yeah, I dealt with depression after we got married. Uh-huh. Kid was born. I, mean, we, I really felt like I brought our kid into this, this shit world, you know. We were poor, mm-hmm. bills, and we, I, we couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. So there, there was moments of, of, of depression. I didn't have any friends and no social life. It was
0: You were living in Davis, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we were living in Davis. And then when we moved over here, it was we were living with our parents. So we lived for that. two years, wow, lived with their parents to try so to catch up on everything and try to save that. up. Yeah. yeah, we lived there for two years to try to catch up on our bills and um, and uh, save up to, to buy a house. And mm-hmm. um, so we did that. So all I knew was work, go home, raise a kid, work, go home, raise a kid. So after mm-hmm. a while, it becomes monotonous. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, there was, there was moments, moments of... of I don't know if depression, but it just it just it just it wasn't fun. Life wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. But there was always the gym, you know. I so I always I just worked out, she so always gave me that. And then um I was doing construction at the time and finally in two thousand ten I I kinda just took the leap and I honestly just picked the date and said, I'm gonna do this show. I of course I had I had a mentor. Um uh and he helped me. But uh, I, I really committed to, to bodybuilding. As a kid, I, remember, God, I remember seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in movies. And I was like, man, that is amazing. That's just incredible. I was infatuated with muscles. And I remember I hated my shadow as a kid.
4: Really? It was just a
1: really puny shadow. I was so insecure. Mm-hmm. I was an introvert. And I didn't like myself. I yeah. didn't. And that carried on until I was about 30 years old it really carried on to where it just, it weighed on me. I didn't talk mm-hmm. to people, I couldn't shake hands, I couldn't look people in the eye. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for me to, to say, I'm gonna do a show, j- jump on stage, compete and, and compete with some of the best people in California, it, it took a lot. So to, to, to finally be able to do that, once I did it, I was like, shit, I'm not so bad. <laughs> I, I, I did this. I, I did this through everything I've been through with with you know being poor, raising a kid. I mean, shit, genetics, and to be able to compete is like
4: mm-hmm.
1: it, it changes a person. You know, you put yourself through this strenuous hell of a diet for sixteen weeks, and then uh, you come out a better person. So I went from this shy, introverted kid. No friends. I mean, I had none. I'd go to work. I'd come home to to after the show, I came out and I was like, I had friends that I call family to this day, people that I call brothers, you know, so that that was the change. I I went from this quiet guy who, who, you know, dealt with, you know, mild depression, I guess Mm -hmm. work, home, work, home weekend is, you know, nothing but worry about bills to this guy who suddenly had sort of a following, you know, mm-hmm. people looking up to me, asking how I did it, why I did it, asking for advice. So, and it, I welcomed it. I was like, shit, this its about time. Mm-hmm. I have been fighting for this my whole life. Yeah. So it was time, it was time, I think at 31, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is, this is my great, grandiose moment right now. How long have
0: you guys been married at this point?
1: Ten years, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So ten years, and it, and again, I was really, I, I was happy with her in life. She's still, but I wasn't happy with myself, mm-hmm. with who I was. Yeah. yeah. So when I finally decided to compete, it 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 really changed me for the better. And now I, you know, from that first show to the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, it's like, shit, I'm unstoppable. I can do damn near <laughs> yeah. anything. I yeah. put myself through hell and back. Mm-hmm. And survived and came out better, and I've helped probably hundreds of people along the way. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the change I was talking about. It's 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 been probably one of the greatest accomplishments of my life just to get on stage, compete. You know, um, do the diet myself, the training, the everything. And not only that, but to be able to help people with it, and then mm-hmm. for them to look at me like a like a mentor, mm-hmm. it's like shit. I'm not just the guy who goes to work and comes home and lives a mundane life. I'm I'm not that. I'm way better than king. that. So mm-hmm. yeah. king, king of kings, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm raising two. I'm raising two kings of my own. Yeah. Yes. So I'm. Uh, yeah. That uh, August of 2011, mm-hmm. my first show, was- um, Tahoe show, and. Uh, it's weird to explain. It's just, it really, I taught her all the time, bodybuilding, it saved my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. It saved my life. It's. Yeah. I'm able to do this podcast now because of bodybuilding. I'm able to, I have my career now because of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I've helped so many people. My kid is, is is getting damn near a 4.0. He's a basketball stud. He's working out with me because of bodybuilding. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's the change I was referring to.
0: Wow. And <laughs> what has this been like for you, Mimi, as the wife mm-hmm. of like... Mr. Mm-hmm. bodybuilder over here yeah. to watch him won like yeah. so many trophies,
1: babe. Yeah. Yeah. What is what has
0: it been like for you as the wife? Well, uh,
3: I'll be honest, I, I, when it was Girlfriend. the yeah, the first show was definitely a challenge because as he said before, he doesn't communicate a lot. And I'm the one that I really want to be in the loop on things. And I think maybe there was this fear, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm, I'm assuming, but I felt like Maybe he thought it was too much for me, like all the environment of it all or the the industry of it all that he kept it from me. Or maybe it was, but anywho, but a lot of, he wasn't filling me in the loop. And I think a lot of it was, again, you know, me personalizing it, but really him just going through what he had to go through. So he had to be very in the zone. And again, it went back to me being used to Us being the center of his universe Mm -hmm. and him being, having other priorities. Yeah. And at the same time, not communicating to me explicitly why this was more important. And just kind of these things just, you know, it just, these things just happen. And all of a sudden it was like this thing and it was a very big change. And, and I knew, I knew he, he wanted to do this and I knew he had to do it because I knew I didn't know the how grandiose it was going to be in his life but definitely I know it's always he's always told me do some he's always supported me in whatever I want to do mm-hmm. so to me I didn't understand it as much but I knew it meant a lot to him so to, for me I was all in do it for sure but when I saw him on stage even that day when I saw him cuz he had gone before me and you know with his with his trainer and all this stuff you know and then Even me going there, I kind of felt like this distance, like, okay, like, what am I going to go see? What is this like? I don't know what a bodybuilding show is. (laughs) But then when he saw me, like, he hugged me and I was like, okay, this is still him. It's still him. But then he went back and, you know, did the show. But then when he came out on stage, it was like, to me, I felt like I was seeing him for the first time the world was seeing him the way I've always seen him. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: sorry and I'm the being, water works I'm a crier
3: but I mean it's it's horrible to say you know that you you find a partner and you marry them on their potential but you know you fall in love with a person and you see them in this way that you wish they would see themselves in that way and I felt like for all this time it was like I know you're a champion because I wouldn't have picked someone that's not a champion and I'm a champion, so we wouldn't be together if you weren't, but Mm. I felt like he always held back his gifts, and it drove me crazy, because I saw this person, and the world didn't have the privilege of knowing that person, so when I saw him come out on stage, I was like, he's free, like, he's out, (laughs) like, it was like, wow, this guy's wearing, like, the American flag on, you know, like, his bodybuilding (laughs) briefs, and he's like, and he blows me a kiss, and it's like, oh my god, it was like, this moment and it's like okay now I get it I get it and then after the prep it was him again it was like him again completely devoted to us and just this new newly found joy and he really needed that passion you know I think I think we all look for our passion and and that that's his passion we should all live our bliss and and it's you know and it's just it's neat to finally see him come out and sometimes he shrinks back (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, why are you doing that? Like, it drives me crazy. Like when, like when he says, "I overmarried."
1: Well, that's why I say I overmarried because mm-hmm. she saw that in me before I did. It's mm-hmm. not looks. It's not this or that. It's because she saw that way before I did. Mm-hmm. If I wouldn't have married her, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have competed eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I overmarried. She she planted the seeds way before she even knew it.
0: Yeah, and it's so. I think a lot of people get stuck in. Um, and not going for the thing that Mm -hmm. brings them Mm -hmm. joy Mm
4: -hmm. people get
0: stuck in that i mean i know i see mimi she's a spanish teacher and this Mm -hmm. girl loves what she does she's passionate about teaching so it was like she was in it she was in her full Mm -hmm. joy exactly i had my passion yes i had it daily yes and you were you know Mm -hmm. you're missing it and i think a lot of people don't don't go after it because they're afraid right
1: and i think that's the problem with with but like you said, most people. This everyone. We're we're here on purpose for a purpose, mm-hmm. and most people, they don't realize that. And then, uh, and, you know, sadly, it took me thirty-one years to figure it out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. once I did figure it out, it's like, just why stop? Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Just mm-hmm. just grab it. You know, it's not even about goals anymore. It's just you know, mm-hmm. cast that vision and go for it. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's it and and, and then the reality, I don't think most people realize that they're here for more than just a 9 to five mm-hmm. and uh yeah, and that's why I say I overmarried because she 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 pushed me to that without even knowing because i I knew how badass she was, and I'm mm-hmm. like, she's this badass i can't I can't be this at that time I was doing construction I was like, mm-hmm. I can't be just this guy doing construction. it's just it's there's no freaking way that. She's up here and I'm here. There's, so I, I just knew I had to do something. And I, I think without realizing bodybuilding, that, that, that was the way for me to, to, to just take that next step. Yeah.
0: So now, how do you transfer all of that into your kings and your princess, your queen, you know, that mm-hmm. you have here at home, yeah. mm-hmm. your kids? How do you, What parts of that are you taking into how you parent?
1: You know, like I said earlier, I was I was raised on grit. Just pure mm-hmm. freaking grit. And that 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 grit transcended t- to bodybuilding. So I, I took that work ethic, you know, of getting up and doing the damn thing and just, just getting at it no matter what. It's what you have to do. So I took that into bodybuilding. And um and, and I went with it. And I've been doing it now for seven years. And I think in, in those seven years I've seen, my, my oldest is 15 now, I think he's seen the progression mm-hmm. of my dad's, you know, just this average guy, to my dad's this, hey, national qualified bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and along the way, I, I've talked to him about it, how hard it is. You know, it's not an easy journey. I mean, I'm not going to talk myself up. I don't want to do that. But they see the muscles and they see this guy who's unbreakable. They, they see Superman. Mm-hmm. And they've told me that so that's mm-hmm. why I'm repeating it mm-hmm. so um but I didn't want them to see just that. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to see the effort the mm-hmm. getting up at three mm-hmm. thirty in the morning for cardio, packing my meals you know and, mm-hmm. and staying up late mm-hmm. for another cardio mm-hmm. and just the, the injuries the, the hell that I go through. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to see that mm-hmm. so um so like I planted the seeds gradually like. Remember, I what, four weeks out from my first, from one of the first time I won. It took four years to win. In twenty fifteen, um, I, I had told uh, one of my kids that you know one of my biggest dreams was was to, to to win and to let them see that anything's possible through hard work. And I remember at dinner, <laughs> I still I, I love it. One of the best moments of my life. He said, "You know, Papa." He still calls me Papa. I pray and, I, and, I, and sometimes I pray and I, and I really pray that you win this show. That's a four weeks out. And at that, uh, I looked at him and said, you know what, I'm gonna do everything humanly possible to win. Not in those words, but you know, that's, that's what mm-hmm. I said. And I did, and, and, and I, I freaking got up, I think that was a Saturday. I got up on Monday at 3.30 and I did an hour and a half of cardio and I got off of work and I went to the gym, came home, ate, did another hour and a half of cardio and, and I just said, you know what? This kid is, is, is knowing how much I've worked for this for four years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna make it worth his while. He's been through hell with me. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked relentlessly for four weeks knowing he was watching. Knowing that's like, God damn it, he's watching. I have, to, I have to make his wish come through. He's praying, he's dreaming, he's wishing that I freaking finally win after just <laughs> giving my life to this damn mm-hmm. sport. So yeah, I ended up winning and I uh, still have a picture of him in tears because I won. Yeah. So um, that, that I think to answer your question, I think, I hope, I pray that they, they, they realize that the work that I put into to bodybuilding, it, it transcends beyond that. Anything you want to do, mm-hmm. you have a vision, cast it and go for it. And, uh, and I, I think it, it, is, it is rubbing off on him because he's 15 right now. And he still, he, he says he's gonna make it to the NBA. <laughs> and, and me, the dreamer that I am, the, the go-getter, the, the, the man who's built on grit and steel, I, I empower him to do it. I was like, you do it? So, so he started about two months ago getting up at five in the morning.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like, he's getting up at five in the morning to do his freaking cardio. Oh. He he has basketball after school and then he weight trains with me. Mm-hmm. And he's getting damn near a 4.0. Mm-hmm. It's like so all the hell that I've been through, it's 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 rubbing off on him. Yeah. Because he knows that, that through hard work and really being passionate about something, you, you both of those combined big things happen. Yeah. And and it's, I think yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's only 15. If I don't realize that at fifteen, shit, that'd be a oh, king shoot. right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think, I think for him, yeah. it's, it's the sky's the limit for him, and I think he's, he's gonna be the goddamn king of kings, and I'm saying that right now. I put that mm-hmm. on everything, all mm-hmm. my kids. So and I think that they all, they all, they all believe that. Mm-hmm. Except um, and even Mimi's work, she puts her heart into it. She mm-hmm. puts everything into it, and they realize how tired she comes home, and then. So I, I and we 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 reiterate to them that hey you were here we have this great life because we've both busted our ass off, asses off not just in bodybuilding but in our careers in college I mean everything we've all we've ever known is hard work
4: mm-hmm.
1: and and I think we've been done pretty good about instilling that and putting that mm-hmm. into them is like like you guys don't know mm-hmm. what we've been through, but mm-hmm. it's been hard work, so you little shits better appreciate
4: it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with and the I, program. I talk to them,
1: I'm pretty brutal with them, I talk to them how it is.
4: Yeah.
1: And I think they are. I mean, just like I told you guys earlier, I have this this, this saying with my little girl, I mean, I, I, every time she gets hurt, it's like, I ask, why do we fall down? She goes, we fall down to get up. And then, and I think that's, that's another one of our mantras, why the hell do we fall down? We, it makes us stronger, why do we fail at things? To get better at it and i i really think all three of them are picking it up gradually of course yeah Yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. i heard
0: your son wrote an essay about you not too long ago what did he say in the essay
1: yeah this was actually (laughs) (laughs) let me um yeah um this is gonna be tough uh i talked to him a lot i'm really i really talked to him a lot about working and dreaming and and chasing the dream i i i really do and and i, I wish I would have had someone at, at his age fifteen you know so um he gets like i said he gets up every freaking morning to 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 work and and to shine and then uh the other day it was at dinner or something mm-hmm. like that i forget he goes. Just really casually. Hey, Papa, I wrote an essay. I want you to read it. I just thought it was just an essay. Him. Just so casually. Just like, eh, so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, so I'll read cool. it. No big deal. I was like, email it to me. No big deal. I gave him my email address. I, I never got it.
4: Mm-hmm. I was like,
1: okay. And then she, Mimi got it. And she's like, did you read the essay? I was like, no, it didn't come through. He typed it in wrong. You know, mm-hmm. me being mm-hmm. a, a man. I was like, whatever. No big deal. Yeah. Just, I think you should read it. So mm-hmm. I, I read it.
2: <laughs> you didn't even probably. You were like, what?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I read it, Please and um, read this. <laughs> it was an essay um, about his hopes and dreams. And uh, he very vividly said he, he he's working every day at becoming an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he 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 explains about how much he works, how he wakes up at five how he, he really believes that through hard work and, and just believing in it, that he can do it. And then one of the, a fourth paragraph, he said, uh, if I had to pick uh, one of my biggest uh, inspirations, it would be my dad. And uh, <laughs> to me, that was one of the proudest moments, not as a parent, but, uh, but as a human being, to say that, to see that your son is not only looking at what you do and imitating it, but actually being inspired by it. It's like, I'm doing something right when when my 15 year old is ready to tell the world, hey, my dad has done this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this repeatedly over and over and over. If he did that, can you imagine what I can do? Mm-hmm. So, so for him to put that on paper and let the world read it as, as a parent, as a man, you can't even put it into words. It's just one of the greatest moments. I, I've always lived my life to, to set an example for my kids. But to be an inspiration, uh, you, 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 can't, you can't put words on that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, he, that, that's the essay he wrote. I talking about how I inspire him to work harder every day, and how I, I, my actions have made him wake up at five in the morning to pursue his passion. Hmm. You you can't you can't you can't put a price or words on that anything like that. So it was a great moment in my life. Uh, all these years, my my shoulders hurt, my knees hurt, my back. I'm always in pain. It it's all worth it. It's all worth it because yeah. my 15 year old realizes that. I do it for a reason. And beautiful. You do it for a reason, you work hard, and, and shit happens.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break on that beautiful note. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, um, I want you guys to give us a few recommendations of what you're reading, what, you, what gets you inspired, and what, we can, what tips and tricks we can share with parents. All right? So we'll be right back. Hey guys, so no, they are not coming back immediately right now. You're actually going to have to wait until next week when we release a second episode with Junior and Mimi. I mean, it is just so good, but I didn't want this to be a super long episode. I think you guys have already so much to digest in just what they've been sharing already. I think it just feels good to leave you with that And we'll be back next week with the last part of their interview where they do. They talk about parenting. They talk about what they would call their parenting philosophy, what it's like to uh, raise their teenager, what that experience has been like for them. Um, Seriously, you don't want to miss the episode next week. So that's it, guys. That's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. And we'll see you back here next week to finish it off. And then we'll debrief the entire thing. All right. Have a good one. We'll catch you next week.
4: Hi. If you like this podcast,
1: please share it with your friends and family. You can also
4: subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave a review. It is super, super important in order to help spread the message. You can follow us, our parents, on Instagram at iam.isenia, at palomenchaca, and at somos.barthes. You can also subscribe to their newsletter on their website at somos-barthes.com. Gracias!